Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. This is a podcast geared towards women who want to feel healthy, look good, and stay organized. We're real women doing our best to live well anyway in the midst of life's chaos. I'm so glad you're here. And today, I'm so excited for this episode. It was such a fun discussion with Ashley Gad from Coffee and Crumbs. We talk about her new book, of course, called Create Anyway, which is all about creating in the margins of motherhood. But we also do this deep dive into what it's been like to be a creator on the internet for about the last decade or so. All the things that have changed, how we have had to evolve the ways that we show up online. And I just had so much fun diving into this with her and talking about all the different iterations that our businesses and websites and online presences have gone through and what we've learned and how we're continuing to change things. It was just really fun to get in the nitty gritty with someone else who is familiar with that lifestyle and go into all of the details about it. So I hope you are really going to enjoy this episode with Ashley Gad. But since this episode is all about creativity, I wanted to mention to you guys a resource that I have been utilizing lately that you just might want to try out as well. You've heard me mention it before, but it is Skillshare. I love Skillshare because I'm always liking to like dabble in different kinds of like crafty things or maybe I want to take a class on productivity or how to take better photographs or you know how to make a different crochet blanket than the same one I've been making for the past 20 years. You know they have got thousands of different classes. One of them that I'm actually taking right now is called Kickstart Your Creativity. And for 20 days, you do a different drawing in Procreate on your iPad. I have really been wanting to learn more about Procreate, and this class is so good. It's these little bite-sized pieces that you do every day. I've made like a cute little orange with a face, which is not maybe something that I would ordinarily draw on my own, but I learned so many cool skills about shading and texture and how to use Procreate create better. It has been so fun and it has been such a great break for me in the midst of a really stressful season, just taking 15 or 20 minutes out every day to do this little class and make these silly little drawings has been such a source of joy and such a relief for me just to be able to check out from everything else and do something fun and creative. And Skillshare is currently offering all of you a free one month membership. If you go through my link, mckenziecoppacom slash Skillshare and use the code AFF30D23. So AFF30D23. It's in today's show notes. It will take you over there. You can get an entire month free or 30% off a yearly membership with code annual30AFF. So you can get 30% off the yearly membership with annual30AFF. Again, no worries. It's in the show notes. I love it. I have my kids take classes on it. It is so much fun. There's something there for everyone. So be sure to check it out. I mean, a month free. You can really dive in there and get your feet wet and see what you could learn. So again, head over to mckenziecoppacom slash Skillshare. Give it a try. See what you think and get your creative juices flowing. All right. Speaking of creativity, let's get on with this episode with Ashley Gad. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so excited to have you here. I have my hands on your book, and the only the only complaint I have is it's not in color because I have oh. the initial like art, <laughs> the copies. early reader copy. Yep, so yes. Like, oh, bummer! I bet this is going to be gorgeous when it's done. But you know what? If you send me your address when we get off this podcast, I will make sure you get a real copy. Oh, I would adore that because it is like you can just tell it's like pretty and it's about creativity, so it should be. So yes. I love like the the snippets I've gotten into the photography in the book, but I'm sure they are even more brilliant in color. So that'll be really fun. Um, but why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself to get us started? Sure. Well, my name is Ashley Gad. I live in Northern California with my husband, Brett. We've been married for 15 and a half years and we have three kiddos. We have a 10-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a just freshly turned four-year-old. Okay. And I am a writer and a photographer, and I run an online space for mothers called Coffee and Crumbs, which I kind of like to describe as the intersection between motherhood and storytelling. I so that. that's kind of my main day job. And I have a book coming out in the spring called Create Anyway, which I think is what we're mostly going to be talking about today. Yeah. And I think this podcast will be coming out right around the time the book comes out so Perfect. everybody can get their hands on it very quickly. You guys won't have to wait. So that is super fun. Now, I 
I have talked about creativity on the podcast before. My dearest friend who comes on the podcast with me all the time, her name is Katie Duckett, and she runs... Uh, she has her own like cookie baking business and oh, she like, awesome. decorates cookies. And, you know, so we did a whole episode last year on why it's so important for us as mothers and women mm-hmm. and people <laughs> to be creating like what an mm-hmm. outlet that is for us, how good mm-hmm. it is for our mental health. It's so mm-hmm. good to be like learning and doing that. So as soon as I heard about your book, I was like, well, yeah, I I definitely want to have you on the show because it is so important that we like your your tagline is the joy of pursuing creativity in the margins of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this could be a really interesting conversation because like your oldest is 10. Mm-hmm. My oldest is almost 17. Okay. So it's a little bit different as yeah. they're getting older. But I feel like together we could bring like such a great perspective on because like your margins of motherhood probably look a lot different than what my margins of motherhood look like and so I thought that could be a fun conversation yeah and isn't it so funny how it just is constantly changing yes I was just chatting with a friend about this recently you know I've been getting up for the last few years I get up and I write every morning at 5 a.m. Wow. And there was like a huge stretch of time though in my motherhood where that just would not have been possible, you know, because I was getting up every night in the middle of the night to feed a baby and I was perpetually exhausted. And now I have a little bit more, I have a little bit more margin in the morning, but I still don't have the same the same time in the day that some of my friends whose kids are in school all day have, yeah, you yeah. know? And so I'm kind of in this middle place where it's like, I have a little bit more margin. I still don't have as much as the moms whose kids are gone all day long, but it's, but I definitely have more than I used to, you know? Yeah. And I think it's just so good to constantly reassess like what is realistic in every season and what mm-hmm. is, what is possible for you in every season. So I would be so curious with a 17 year old, and I don't know the ages. Do you have other kids and what ages I do. they are? I okay. do. Yeah. Give, I me, have give me your rundown. Okay. Yeah, I have four, four and I'm a single mom. And okay. so while my kids are at school, I'm I'm working. You know, I've yeah. got to like fit in all my stuff. Yeah. But they, so I have an almost 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, and an 8-year-old. Okay. So, the, you know, I've got down to the the eight, but it's still very different having eight be your totally. youngest. Like yeah. that has really been jarring me lately. Like I don't have like little, little kids yeah. anymore. And it was so interesting reading your book and thinking like, oh yeah, like you sort of get <laughs> out of those stages and you forget. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, there are those years where they're just like literally physically attached to you so yes. much of the time. And yeah. you're sort of a mess, which is kind of a joke because I actually put a shirt on today and I realized like, <laughs> what is this schmutz all over me? And it's not even the kid's <laughs> fault. This is totally my own doing. But, but it is, you know, it's interesting because it has still been a battle mm-hmm. sort of to create and to fit in that creating and to get past those feelings of selfishness, like I think yeah. you kind of hit on in the book and all of that, um, because there are just different demands yeah. now as yeah. my kids need to be run all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got all just stuff going on all the time and helping with homework and all that kind of thing. But it's been so gratifying. I think probably more so... I, it gives you a little bit more license as your kids get older and more independent and start doing creative things on their own. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, it was worth it all that time that I put into being creative. Yes. Because now look what they're doing themselves. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my 17 year old is going into film. Like he, he has gotten all the camera equipment and the computer and the editing software. And like he, that's his whole world. And it's so creative, like his whole everything that he does in his life revolves around creativity. And it's just been so fun for me to be able to come alongside him now in his creativity, where it used to be like the pictures that a lot of the pictures I've seen that you show, even on your Instagram, where it's like you could have a clean table or you could have creative <laughs> kids, you know, right. can't have and, both. <laughs> yeah. And while it can be so frustrating and overwhelming as you see them getting older, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it was worth it. It was worth it. 
And it's so, you're just reminding me of the importance of modeling that for our kids. You know, I say that all the time. It's such a, it's so tempting to feel like we're being selfish when Mm -hmm. we're creating, either trying to take a few minutes away from our kids to do that or just doing it in front of them. You know, we tend to feel like, gosh, this is selfish or this is a frivolous thing to be spending my time on. But when you think of the big picture of everything that we model for our kids, everything we want our kids to learn about Mm -hmm. what it means to be a human being, you know, what it means to flourish, what it means to thrive. It's like my kids have to see me doing that. So they know how to do it too. And that's kind of what I hear you saying here is like, you've given yourself this permission to live a creative life and be creative in front of your kids. Now you're watching them do the same. And it's so exciting to watch that blossom and bloom in your children. My boys right now are really into origami and making their own, making their own like graphic novel comics. Yeah. I don't know. Are you like eight and 10 year olds into that at all? I don't know. I feel like that age range. My eight and 10 year olds are girls. Okay. So right now we're getting a lot more like bracelet making. Yes. Okay. Experimenting (laughs) with makeup. And how thrilling. Yeah. My eight year old does a lot of pretend YouTube tutorials. Oh my gosh. That is adorable. Yeah. I love it. But I I totally remember with my boys, especially, especially my almost 17 year old, because he is very, he's just, he's always been creative. It was Legos. It was the, he did like made comic books. He Mm -hmm. did, you know, like it was always this out of the box, very creative way of thinking about things. So, and, and you just, you never know where that's going to lead. And I would have never, when I was, you know, watching him do all of these Lego crazy creations and then doing like stop motion and whatever with those that this is now he'd be the president of his school's film club and looking at film schools to go to for college and you know like cool it's just yeah it's been very cool to see that but like you're saying we have this this selfishness that we feel if we take the time away or doing it by them or next them or whatever Mm -hmm. and I think that I don't want my kids to feel that way about their creativity when they grow up. I want my daughters, when they are moms, to feel like it's totally okay for Mm -hmm. you to do that. And you shouldn't feel guilty about it. And the only way they're going to feel that way is if their mom didn't. Mm -hmm. And it's still not that that makes it easy. Like, it's still a battle. But yeah. (laughs) But it's so it's so important. I mean, I remember hearing Sally Clarkson years ago talking about putting on all of her conferences and all that kind of thing and how she felt like it was so good that her kids saw her working Mm -hmm. and had to come and even work alongside her to help at those conferences because it showed them that the world didn't always revolve around them. (laughs) Yes. Yes, That is a good life lesson. (laughs) There are other things. I love that. And I think especially also, I mean, I still have an eight-year-old, but Mm -hmm. having a kid who, you know, right now we're planning out his junior and senior years of high school and looking at colleges and that kind of thing. It's like, oh, there is a, like a finish line here. (laughs) Yeah. They're not always going to be here. And I still want to be like an interesting person who has interests of my own and things that I do when they're gone. Yes. And isn't it, I love that because it also just reminds me that for me, when I'm pursuing the things that I used to love doing before I became a mom, Mm -hmm. it reminds me of who I was before I became a mom. And I think as women, like so many of us, I know for me personally, my first year of motherhood, I just felt a little bit lost, you know, and I was a person who wanted to be a mom my entire life. And that first year still really kind of shook up my identity in a way. And I love being able to pursue the gifts and talents that God has given me as a way of just kind of remembering, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm still a person in here. I yeah. haven't disappeared. I still exist. And I see you making that full circle moment right now, yeah. you know, like you're going to be coming out on the other side and yeah. Like who are you when you don't have that child under your roof anymore? You know, yep. I can't even imagine what that feels like. That feels still like so far away from me, even though it's not really, I mean, I'm, I'm eight years behind you essentially. Yeah. 
But still, when your oldest is 10, that still yeah. feels so far away. Yes. You know? yeah, I mean, it does. There's when they're actually starting to exert more of their independence when they don't still really rely on you for everything. It's a totally like a totally different thing when he can get himself around town and like, you know, yes. like makes his own schedule. It's a yeah. there is a total shift that happens there for sure. But it's like I still need to be a whole person on the mm-hmm. other side of like, not that you're ever not a mom, but it's a totally different season of motherhood yeah. when they're not under your roof anymore. But I, even when they're here, I want them to still see like, oh, mom's a whole person. Yes. She, she has lots of interesting things about her. Like I, and I make sure to remind them of how, <laughs> <laughs> how awesome I am because if uh... I don't, then who will, you know? So. You know, it's 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 both and. Okay, ladies, it's that time of year when we all start to have a little bit more going on, some events that maybe we want to attend. And I would say whether it's a date or a wedding that you need to go to or even just an everyday kind of thing, sometimes you just want a little shapewear to help things to, you know, look the way that you want them to. And Honey Love has got you covered. They've got their best-selling superpower shorts. I have a pair of these, and they are the perfect thing to throw on under a springy dress that I want to wear when I go out for a date or I go out with my girlfriends. They really took their time in designing these so that they work with your body, not against it. So they have this signature X that targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves, and they have targeted compression technology. I think this is really interesting because it distinguishes between the areas where you want more support in areas where you need less compression. So they're way more comfortable than other shapewear I've tried where it's just like suck you in and you just got to hope and pray you make it until the end of the evening and you don't need to use the bathroom. Like these ones are totally different. Speaking of needing to use the bathroom while you're wearing shapewear, they've even thought of that too. They have a 100% cotton gusset so you can skip the extra undies Plus, it has a convenient opening in the panty area, so you can use the bathroom with ease without having to have a costume change. And you also don't have to worry about the super power shorts rolling down, you know, when you've had that happen, where it just, like, creates an even more ridiculous situation under there than what you've got on your own. But not so with the super power shorts, thanks to their flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. It's going to keep it up where it belongs and just have a nice, smooth fit for your entire day or evening or whatever you want to wear them for. And just as a little extra, this piece also has a booty lifter. I'm just saying, if you want to like get everything up where it needs to be, then you're going to feel really cute in these super power shorts. And Honey Love even has more than just sculpt wear. They have incredibly comfortable bras, tanks, and leggings for everyday support. Honey Love is just as easy to put on as it is to take off. Shapewear shouldn't be hard. So treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com. Just use my code livewell at honeylove.com to get that 20% off your next purchase. That's honeylove.com slash livewell. I've been laughing because my boys, they're obsessed with Dogman. I don't know if your kids have like ever been into the Dogman series. That's like all the rage with the eight and 10 year olds these days. And the next Dogman book comes out the same day as my book. And so this has been like a running joke in our family about like the day that the books are coming out. And I was asking my kids the other day, like, well, guys, I mean, which book are you more excited about? Yeah. You know, and in create anyway, I write about my children by name. Yeah. I dedicate the book to them. I mean, yeah. literally their names appear probably no less than 50 times throughout this book. And they both, I mean, when I asked, you know, which book are you more excited about? There was like not even a beat of hesitation. Yeah. It was dog man, dog man, mom. We're way more excited for dog are man. Are you even joking, mom? I know. I'm yeah. like, kids keep me humble. And this yep. is a good thing. I just yeah. keep saying it over and over again. This is a good thing. They're keeping my humility in check. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. They definitely do that. Okay. I want to step back to when you started Coffee and Crumbs Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I think your story echoes a lot of our stories of like when you are in those throes of early motherhood and you want that outlet and you like you create something without really knowing like oh this is gonna become this huge thing so take us back to when you started coffee and crumbs and what that was like and how that all kind of happened for you yeah 
So let's see. At the time, I my son Everett was about a year and a half old, and I was kind of starting to take myself a little bit more seriously as a writer. I was looking for places online to submit my writing. You know, motherhood had sort of turned my world upside down. And yeah. I was very much processing that through writing. And at the time, I was sort of just looking around the internet and coming up short. You know, I wanted a place where I could write kind of essays about motherhood, a place where I could just write really honestly and vulnerably. And, you know, nowadays, I feel like there's a lot of places online that feature that type of writing. But Mm -hmm. this was back in 2013. Okay. And there just like wasn't as much back then. You know, yeah. you had the websites where they're just kind of giving you a lot of parenting advice. So a lot of formulas, a lot of prescriptions for what motherhood should look like, or, you know, just like medical advice and yeah. lots of different things like that. Then you had the websites where there was just a lot of like clickbait articles and just a lot of divisiveness in the comment sections. And mm. overall, like the way that motherhood was portrayed, I just didn't really love and didn't really feel comfortable trying to put my writing there. And so sure. Coffee and Crumbs was honestly really born out of a desire to put my writing somewhere safe online. I wanted, and I wanted to do it in a collaborative way. I know that my motherhood experience is only my motherhood experience and that there are a plethora of different motherhood experiences out there. And so I I sort of just was envisioning this space where mothers could write really honest stories together. And essentially, I created the space that I myself wanted to submit yeah. to. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the easiest way to say that. And so, yeah, I came up with the name Coffee and Crumbs, which... You know, I I remember still to this day telling a friend in my living room that that's kind of what I was thinking of naming it. And she was like, that sounds like a bakery. (laughs) 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 Kind of had a little laugh over it. And I was even at the time trying to kind of explain, no, but it it represents something, you know, like it represents the calm and the chaos of motherhood, like the beauty and the mess, you know, this is our life. It's, it's the peacefulness of that first cup of coffee and it's like crumbs everywhere. It's both. And it's everything. Yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of where the name came from. And yeah, I mean, right away when this idea sort of, I mean, by God's hand kind of smacked me upside the head. I immediately reached out to a group of friends who were all mothers and writers. And I mean, the whole thing progressed very organically. You know, I I didn't have a big vision for it. It was very much just something I wanted to make. I thought this is going to be a passion project, something I work on during nap time. You know, this is just going to be a little side project for me. And mm-hmm. um, we had three posts go viral right wow. away. This was back when like anything could go viral on Facebook <laughs> at any time. I feel like that doesn't really happen anymore, but yeah. once upon a time it did. And that organic growth just really kind of catapulted us into the internet. And we've kind of been growing ever since. So we we had a big, massive influx of traffic right away, which if if anyone has ever attempted to start, you know, a project or a website or a podcast, you know, that's very, yeah. very, very rare. Yeah. And it was very unexpected, very surprising, you know, still to this day, I'm shocked that this is like my real job, you know, and yeah. that this is today what it all is. I mean, it's grown beyond my wildest dreams, beyond any expectation I ever had for this space. And I'm so grateful, you know, to get to do work that I, that I genuinely love to do, but Mm -hmm. it's been so cool because looking back on just kind of the trajectory of coffee and crumbs, I can just see now how clearly, like, these are all the things I'm passionate about. You know, I'm so passionate about motherhood. I'm so passionate about women using their creative gifts. And so to be able to cultivate a space online where we get to encourage mothers in the work of parenting and we get to do it through our art. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just that perfect sweet spot intersection between all the things that I just care deeply about. Yeah. I love that. And it's just, it's so cool that it did happen the way that it did. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it was a little stressful because you were like two thirds of the way through your pregnancy, (laughs) weren't you? Like, yeah, I was six months pregnant when all this went down. So that was my second. I had a toddler at home too. So it was a lot. Just, you know, a toddler too. (laughs) Throw one in the mix, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so that had to be like overwhelming. And, and it's amazing that you just, you pushed through it. Like what kept you going mm. through those years where you've got these little ones and, you know, was it, what, what was it? Was it just like the success of it or just like the ball was rolling and you were in it or like, what was it? Gosh, <laughs> How did you- that's such a good question. I mean, on the one hand, I felt like I was at this tipping point, you know, at the yeah. when, at the point when a few of the posts went viral and we suddenly had just, I mean, we were having millions of hits on our website. I mean, yeah. it felt like I was going down the roller coaster. Like there was yeah. no stopping it. I yeah. mean, it was, it was happening whether I wanted it to or not. And I think what really kept me going, I mean, two things like God's grace. And I would say finding a profound meaning in the work. Yeah. And that was something where obviously like when I started all of this, when I set out to to make it and I was thinking about what I wanted it to look like and how I wanted it to feel and what I wanted the writing to be. I mean, there was a lot of intentionality behind my heart in the work. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I want as a mom. Yeah. But I also had no idea at that point, you know, before I hit publish on that very first post, I didn't know how it was going to be received. Yeah. I didn't know if people were going to resonate with it. I didn't know if anyone was going to like it, if anyone was going to read it or share it or whatever. But it just became so clear very early on that this was impacting women, Mm -hmm. that this was having an impact. And I would say that continues to keep me going now, eight and a half years into this work. Yeah. I continue to hear from women over and over and over again about how our site has really encouraged them in their motherhood journey, how we have been able to give language to an experience that somebody else has had that doesn't know how to put language to that experience and how we've been able to make women feel really known and really seen and that is like the power of art. That is the power of creativity. And it's not lost on me that we get to play a role in making women feel that way in their mothering. And that continues to keep me going today. That gives me energy for the work. And I'm so grateful that so many have communicated that to me. You know, I don't, and I want to say that because I don't know that we talk about that a lot, you know, of like the importance of just encouraging the writers, the creatives, the podcasters, whoever you are witnessing their creative work in the world, if it's having an impact on you, gosh, if you could just take 30 seconds to tell them that it matters. Sometimes that is the difference between people quitting and people not quitting Mm -hmm. and it matters. And I'm so grateful for every single woman who has ever taken 30 seconds to tell me that this work has mattered to them. Because I'm not kidding. I really believe like eight and a half years in, it's part of the reason I'm still here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because just yesterday I was recording a podcast with my friend Katie and we were saying we've gotten just like a little smattering of comments lately of people saying, Mm -hmm. oh, they really like these certain things or whatever. And we're always like, oh, people are listening. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like you see your analytics and your download numbers and, you know, all of that. But so much of the time you feel like you're just pumping out this content mm-hmm. into the universe and it's just kind of going out there, but nobody's really paying attention totally. until somebody says something. And I think a lot of times people think like, oh, like my little comment won't matter to them yes. or they don't have time yes. for this or, you know, uh-huh. and they don't realize like how powerful those things are, how helpful it is even like in figuring out what kind of content people are liking mm-hmm. and what to produce more of or what questions people have. Like it is so beneficial for creators when you reach out to them. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most gratifying parts of being a creator Yes, is getting to know the community of people who are engaging with your work. It's yeah. I like to think of it as just that all artists have kind of like a love tank, you know, that's, I feel like that's like a thing people talk about with marriage or relationships, but I'm like, no, really. I mean, I, I have a love tank that propels my work and fuels my creative work. And when that tank is running on empty, it's so hard to keep going and it doesn't take that much to fill it up. You know, it really doesn't. And I, I mean, I could tell you so many times where I have just been really at the end of myself or like so weary, so defeated in the work, feeling so run down, so uninspired, so exhausted. And in that moment, I've received an email from just a total random stranger telling me that my work matters and 
I, that is like such a profound gift. I can't yeah. even begin to articulate how much those types of messages mean. Oh, yeah. I just, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important. So everybody don't be afraid to get a hold of the, the this creators is not us, This love. is not us fishing for compliments. Yeah, I feel no. the need to <laughs> no. put the disclaimer on that. I No, I don't think that at all. I think that it is because I look at it even like I hesitate to reach out to yeah. creators too, yeah. you know, but it is so vital to mm-hmm. the work. Like if you yeah. like and appreciate whether it's us or whoever, you yeah. know, just when you engage with the work, it's like a, it makes it all a little bit more worthwhile, mm-hmm. I feel like. Totally. So, Ladies, I am so excited to talk with you about one of today's sponsors of the podcast, and that is Jenny Kane. You guys, we all want to feel good in our clothes and have them look good. And something that really matters to me is buying pieces that are high quality, that are going to be timeless and classic, plus pretty simple and last me for a really long time. And that is exactly what Jenny Kane is. You could think minimalist meets luxury. These are going to be those classic, comfortable, California-inspired clothes that are going to last you for a lifetime. They've got so many different things to offer, everything from their everyday sweater, flowy dresses, their cardigans. They're all made so you can really feel the difference. I got their fisherman sweater. Oh my word. I am in love with it. I never want to take it off. It is cashmere. It just feels like butter, and it pairs so well with so many things. I feel like I can throw it on with jeans. I could throw it on with leggings. I could also pair it with like a cute flowy skirt. It just feels so nice and versatile, which is the perfect kind of thing that I like to have in my wardrobe because, you know, I work from home a lot. I don't get out much, but when I do get out, I definitely want to look nice and feel pulled together. And this sweater offers all of that. I could be cozy at home just doing my thing and work it from my bedroom but still feel pulled together and chic and then I can go out for a date and still feel incredibly stylish while being cozy and chic. Jenny Kane is the modern minimalistic style that makes you feel as good as you look. So whether you're dressing for work, errands, or a night on the town, Jenny Kane is the go-to for effortless everyday outfitting. And did I also mention that they have mules and sandals that are just so comfortable, they'll be the only thing that you reach for this spring. I'm sure you're going to be seeing me in my fisherman sweater quite often on Instagram, so you can be looking for it there. But if you also want to find your forever pieces, go to JennyKane.com. My listeners get 15% off your first order when you use my code LIVEWELL at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I. K-A-Y-N-E dot com slash live well or use the promo code live well. This is the brand to go to for all of your season staples. So treat yourself because you deserve it. Now, I am curious because you stepped into uh, blogging, you said in 2013. Uh, yeah, we launched the site in 2014. So okay. I, it took okay. me a while to get it all sure. up and running. <laughs> but there's that's, you know, darn near a decade ago and a lot has changed online in that amount of time and Mm -hmm. I think especially with blogging I mean it's definitely not what it was in the early aughts or the early teens you know like it has changed a lot I would love Mm -hmm. to hear what that has been like for you in that space how has it changed for you I know you started a podcast and that kind of thing so like what has that trajectory been yeah Yeah, it's interesting because we're actually, we're kind of in the middle of a shift right now um, as we're recording this conversation. Coffee and Crumbs is sort of embarking on a new shift that is beginning in 2023. And yeah, we have for the last eight and a half years or so kind of treated our writing as part of a blogging ecosystem, right? So we've been putting out regular original essays three times a week, every week, more or less for eight and a half years. Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. lot. (laughs) As you're saying, like the landscape has really changed. And one of the things that I have felt, and part of this too, is just the way that I've grown as both a mother and a writer. They're sort of like, sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. I'm I'm my thoughts here. (laughs) There's like two different sides to this. On the one side is kind of how I've changed as a mother and writer. And then on the other side is the way that the landscape has changed. Mm -hmm. And when I say the landscape, I mean this kind of pivot toward more like short content. Yeah. So we've sort of been shifting toward 
you know, social media and Instagram captions are kind of taking precedence over long form writing. Mm -hmm. And that's been an interesting transition to kind of witness. And I'd be lying if I didn't say I have felt pretty frustrated (laughs) by that shift of just, okay, well, people just read on Instagram now. They're not interested in reading a 1500 word essay. Mm -hmm. They just want to read a 1500 character caption. Yeah, And that has kind of been a battle. I think we have all been facing as writers Mm -hmm. is just this struggle with people's attention spans. And I know we're not probably the only like industry that is feeling that shift, but Mm -hmm. it has definitely played a role in kind of the decision-making process for how we move forward, how we continue writing. And at the end of the day, I mean, I keep just coming back to this idea that like we are writers, we are storytellers, we are not influencers, we are not just Instagram users, we are writers. And when we put these like harsh guardrails around our our word count limits, it just really, really hinders mm. our ability to fully express ourselves and explore the nuance of a story. So I would say that at this point, like Coffee and Crumbs is still kind of planting our flag in long form writing. Mm. We are long form writers. We are not bending to the algorithms. We don't do reels. We don't do video content. Like we we are writers. We are writers. And I, and I accept the consequences of that. I should say that's a real line. (laughs) I I fed my social media manager when we were having just like a crisis over all of this, you know, oh my gosh, people aren't even reading on Instagram anymore. I mean, forget the small captions. You can't even read there anymore. It's just all video. And so it has been a constant, and I know we're not the only people feeling this, right? Like every creative, every artist I know, especially using social media in the past couple of years has been yeah. on this emotional roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. Like how do we, how do we adapt? How do we shift? How do we change? How do we use this? How do we show up here? Yeah. And ultimately, why, why do I have to do this part of yes. it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> um, so ultimately like we just keep coming back to, we are writers, we are storytellers, we are long form writers. So I feel peace about that. I feel good about that. Now where that has kind of shifted on the blogging side is, I have even felt the shift of, gosh, putting out original essays every single week all year round is a lot. (laughs) That is a lot. lot. And I don't know about you, but I feel like even as myself, as a consumer, as a consumer of content, as a person who reads and listens and watches things, I feel like I am constantly inundated Mm -hmm. with content. It is just content, content, content in my face all day long. I can't escape it even if I want to. And so... That has posed kind of a secondary issue of, okay, we know that we want to be long form writers. Now, how do we move forward in the current landscape, Mm -hmm. putting forth long form writing in a way that continues to serve our audience and also serves us as the writers that we want to be? Yeah. And so we're just now shifting this year away from this kind of what I will just call like a blogging schedule and more into we are now going to be dropping quarterly collections of essays. So kind of like how Netflix will drop a whole series, you know, on a just one day and then you get to watch it at your leisure, whether you watch it over the course of three months or you binge it all in 48 hours, like that's kind of up to you. We are doing the same thing where we are now going to be giving ourselves more time to work on our craft. And every three months or so, we're going to be dropping just a big collection of essays and then giving our readers about three months to work through it as they want to. So if you're the type of person who wants to sit down and read a number of essays in two hours, like that's great if that works for you. If you're the type of person who just wants to read 10 minutes a day, you can kind of read it and go along as you want to. But we're sort of taking our essays off of like a conveyor belt. Yeah. You know, where I feel like when you're on a blogging schedule, it's like all of this content is just moving and moving and moving and moving. And an essay pops up on the homepage and then it disappears into the archive. And then a new yeah. one pops up and then disappears into the archive. And I'm just kind of wanting to shift that entire editorial process to where we are removing the conveyor belt and we are simply just 
we are just putting forth one beautiful collection every three months that people can read as they are able to. And I don't know how it's going to work, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of back to square one. Like, are people going to like this? Are people going to actually yeah. read it? I don't really know. But it's been really good for me to be able to take a step back as all the shifts and changes have been happening across blogging, across social media, and really kind of just get like super, super mission focused and and consider like what is going to be best for us? You know mm-hmm. how this is who we are. This is what we do. This is our purpose. This is our mission. We know who our readers are. How can we serve them best? And how can we like hold on to our creative integrity in the process? Yeah. And that's kind of how we got to this place. So I'll keep you posted at this point. Yeah. I don't, the first collection drops on March 1st. So I don't really know what's going to happen. Well, I think it's incredibly smart because there are so many spaces where like, you know, you hear like consistency is king. You have to Mm -hmm. just like show up and show up and show up. But I do Mm -hmm. feel like the blogging space has veered away from that in the past few years. And I feel like what you're doing is almost coming back to like magazine culture. Yes. Where you would wait for the collection and then you would mm-hmm. sort of binge all of that, like you were saying with Netflix. And I think it does, it almost, it builds an anticipation yes. for it. It builds like an investment in really setting aside time to invest in all that content so that it's not just one more email coming through mm-hmm. or, you know, I I think it's incredibly smart. Thank and you. so, yeah. I love it. I'm excited to see what you do with that. There's also just this element of, you know, when we first started this site, I had a toddler and I had one baby in my belly. I feel like writing about what is happening at home with your one toddler is such a different writing experience than writing about your 10 year old, you know, because at 10, like my 10 year old stories are his, they're not mine to tell. And so the nuance required of holding up really the mirror to myself, you know, these stories are becoming more and more about me and who I am as a mother and less Mm -hmm. about what my child is doing or what's happening with them. You know, they're shifting into this, this secondary character and that requires a level of introspection and time and nuance and care and discernment that it just slows down the writing process, yeah. you know? And I think that a lot of us on my team, I mean, we, a lot of my team members have been doing this with me for eight years and our kids are wildly older than yeah. they were at the very beginning. And like, yeah. I have one, um, one friend on my team whose daughter was eight when we started this and now she's 16. And yeah. so writing about this experience of being a mother to a teenage daughter and what that's been like for her, I mean- it's just a totally different level of storytelling. And mm-hmm. I think in order to protect, again, our creative integrity, to protect um, just our own family's discretion, yeah. you know, the way that we have to just take a lot of care and a lot of caution in the way that we craft our stories now, we need more time. Yeah. Like it's hard for us to churn out a fresh yeah. essay every 30 days. I mean, I need, I need a solid 90 to really get a story out now. And so- it's really helping us, I think, even develop our craft. And what I'm really hoping is that through this new collection model that we're really going to be able to elevate our writing in the process, which I'm super excited about, you know, and that's a gift to have that that time to really focus on like the quality over quantity. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, ladies, we are in the sort of tail end of sickness season, but I feel like it's a time when we tend to be a little bit more susceptible to a lot of different things that are coming at us, virus and cold-wise and all of that kind of thing. And I like to be able to fortify my immune system with a little bit extra goodness during this time. And I also have been finding it's been really helpful for me to add a little bit more iron to my diet. And I have been doing that through some supplements from North American Herb and Spice. I have been taking their purely liver capsules, which are awesome because they are from grass-fed and finished beef liver from New Zealand cows, so I know I don't have to worry about any sort of additives or chemicals that are in these products. They are totally clean and good for me, and I'm just getting all the benefits of taking liver, which is actually incredibly good for you. It's packed with all kinds of vitamins like iron, vitamin A, B12, and more that I've found really are helping me to just kind of feel better overall. I've been feeling a little run 
gone down. And these have been helping me to kind of turn that corner. And then I've also been taking their Purely C, which is a really interesting form of vitamin C because it comes from multiple different sources that are whole food sources, which I really like. So it's not anything that's synthetic. It is from food like Peruvian Amazon Camu Camu and wild Mediterranean Rus Coriaria, which are wild fruit complexes, which are just more bioavailable to your body. They're wild and raw and help you to be able to absorb and use them a lot easier than a lot of other forms of vitamin C, which is really what we want, right? We want the vitamins that we're taking to be the most impactful and effective that they can be. And that is what I am finding with North American Herb and Spice. So if you would like to try out any of their supplements, you can go to NorthAmericanHerbAndSpice.com and use my code LWA20 to get 20% off your order. Again, that is NorthAmericanHerbAndSpice.com. Use the code LWA20 to get 20% off your order. And like you're saying, to let the writing evolve with what your guys' lives are evolving into. Because right. I think it can can be really easy to be like, well, I run a website that serves young moms. Mm-hmm. Well, when you find that you're not in that phase anymore, right. Right. you're like, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, then who am I writing to? But I think it's so important that we remember like, the women we've been writing for have now moved into these new phases too. And I've had to kind of embrace where I know there are a lot of younger moms, moms with younger kids who listen to my podcast, but knowing like, I love listening to the big boo cast with Sophie Hudson and Melanie Schenkel and their kids are in college and they're mm-hmm. like that step ahead of me. Yeah, And like it is, it has so much value to not only listen to people who are in the same you know, realm that we are in in our motherhood, but those who are going before us too. And to not be afraid of like embracing that journey and letting our content flow out of where we currently are because totally. that has so much power for those coming up behind us. You know, I just mm-hmm. did an episode on perimenopause. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't think I'd be doing that yet, but hello, like, yep. Hello. I'm dealing with some of those things. And so like, oh. and I said, right at the beginning of the episode, like j- if you have, you know, a newborn, like don't turn us off yet. Like yeah. you're going to get here. So totally. Keep listening. So I just, yeah, I love that you guys are seeing that evolution in your space and and able to embrace that. I mean, we can only write from exactly where we are. Yeah, and yeah. that's something that I think really does. This is not like a pat on the back. I'm feeling self-conscious about how I'm going to say this, but <laughs> I I just want to say like, I actually do think that's something that we at Coffee and Crumbs do really well Yeah, because we don't work with an editorial calendar. There is no like, okay, on... I mean, in the month of February, we write about love and marriage and relationships. That's kind of our one theme month that we have every year. And I do enjoy that. But aside that aside, February aside, we don't have themes or we don't write four months ahead of schedule. I mean, we are truly, every time a new story comes out, we just wrote that. Like yeah. that, that really just happened to us. Whatever we're sharing, we're truly all sharing exactly where we are. And I think... For our team, you know, we have, I have girls, on, I have a girl on my team who's pregnant and I have a woman on my team whose daughter is getting married. I mean, yeah. that is like, that is the age range that is yeah. represented on our team. And I think that's part of what makes us really special, you know, is when we have this collaborative environment where we're all bringing mm-hmm. our very different writing voices, our very different personalities, our very, very, very different children of varying ages. Mm-hmm. It makes for such a robust collection of the yeah. motherhood experience. And yeah. I I mean, all along, that was kind of the vision for Coffee and Crumbs. And I think it's almost just now, eight and a half years in, that I can really take like a bird's eye view of that and recognize how special that is. Yeah. You know, it's really special. It's really awesome to be able to speak to so many different seasons of what women are going through. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. So when did you guys start podcasting? When did that become a part of the landscape? Oh, gosh. I need a fact checker. I want <laughs> I want to say we started podcasting in 2015, maybe. Okay. Yeah. 
So pretty early on in the process. Pretty early on. Yes. One of my teammates, Leslie, this podcasting was kind of her idea. And I don't, it's hard for me to remember. And maybe you would know because you're a podcaster. I'm like, when did podcasting get super mainstream? I honestly don't even know. It felt like when we started ours, not a lot of people were doing it. Yeah. And nowadays, it's like everyone has a yeah. podcast. Yeah, it was still fairly easy to make it into the top 100. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different story it's now. It's a different game now, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what blogging went through. You know, at first there were a few yeah. and then everybody yes. cut onto it and then it was inundated. Well, that's the space we're in with podcasting and now we've got all the celebrity podcasts to combat and, and all of that. But... I think that it is a unique space and Mm -hmm. this is, well, I don't know what your guys' podcasting schedule is, but that I would assume is a place where you're showing up in more of that consistent space that then can also be pushing people to your more, um, your your drops, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. your quarterly drops. Yeah, we podcast on a much more regular basis. We're on a break right now. We'll be back in the spring. And then, yeah, we kind of, we just break our podcast into seasons and we we do show up there pretty regularly and consistently. I envy the podcasts who can have their seasons and take breaks because sometimes you're just like, oh my gosh, will it ever end? It's, it's a lot. Podcasting takes a lot out of me. Yeah, Yeah. it's a different, it's like a different type of work. I mean, writing takes a lot out of me too, but podcasting is a different, I don't know. And I think I'm curious if you feel this way because you've been podcasting for a long time. I feel like at some point you've said everything you need to say. And (laughs) that's kind of the the point where I'm at, where I'm like, we've talked about, we've covered every topic. There's nothing left to discuss here. I think I've shared every single thing I can possibly think of to share. Yeah, well, and I think that I've felt that way for sure too. And I even had... Um, someone step away from one of my platforms and like, let me know why they stepped away. And it was exactly that. They were like, well, I think I've learned everything from you that I can learn. And it was like, (laughs) I, it, like, it really impacted me. Like it had, it definitely contributed to like some serious imposter syndrome that I was dealing with for a couple of years. And then guess what? This year she came back. (laughs) (laughs) Of course she did. It. Like, I let this impact me for so long. And guess what? I had more to say and other people not, other people didn't feel that way. You know, so I, I think that we can all get that way in whatever creative space. If we're like creating content like this, yeah. I think all of us can kind of feel like, well, what else do I have to say? But then life changes. Mm-hmm. You learn new things. You try new things. Mm-hmm. And you've got more things to say. Yeah. And And I think also it's kind of funny because I was talking with my friend Katie, who was on the show recently, and how long I've known her. Because like I did blogging when my oldest was, you know, like just over one, I started to blog. And I mean, so I've been in the space for a long time, but we were just laughing about, okay, yeah, when I was 24 or whatever, like I thought I knew everything. (laughs) Oh, a hundred percent. Now I'm like, I knew nothing. And I'm still (laughs) like figuring that out. But it's sort of like a refreshing place to be creating content from. Like, hey guys, maybe try this. This seems to be working for me right now. I don't know if it still will in even a month, but let's give this a whirl, you know? And I think it's just a more freeing space when you don't have to know everything. Yeah, absolutely. I know I've definitely seen, I joke about that with a couple of friends a lot. I mean, of just how much we cringe when we yeah. read our earlier work because I don't know, there was like a level of authority that we had yeah. when we had been a mom for five minutes and mm-hmm. just thought we knew everything. And the way that we write now, we're just like, we actually know nothing. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's funny yeah. to look back on your work. I also just think I, I appreciate you sharing this story with me. And I've been chatting with a couple of friends recently just about criticism and how Mm. that like one negative comment, even if it wasn't that negative, even if it wasn't, you know, like a harsh criticism, just, okay, I'm done here. How much that, that one comment can just like weasel its way into your brain and never leave. And that is such a a struggle of the creative life, I think is learning to, I don't know, there's definitely something to be said for constructive criticism that has a place. Absolutely. But I think, I mean, I struggle with this so much. I can, 
turn down the volume on praise so yeah. quickly, you know, oh, like, yeah. oh, they don't even know what they're talking about. This essay is not that good or whatever. I can just minimize it and turn the volume down. And then that one piece of criticism, it's like at a volume 10 all the time. You know, I can recall mm -hmm. it quickly. I remember exactly what they said. It's yep. just right there at the forefront of my mind. And man, it's yeah. exhausting. <laughs> well, and it, it's so interesting too, because I think we do change. I've changed so much the last five mm -hmm. years of my life for people who have followed my story. Like it's it's been a lie. I became a single mom and I went through that whole process of escaping mm -hmm. abuse and, you know, like all oh, of wow. the stuff. And so you, you do change and you become a different person. And I know that a lot of the people who follow me now, uh, like there's still a lot of people from the beginning, but mm -hmm. I also have to embrace like, it's okay if I'm not a good fit for you anymore. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a lot of creators out here. And if I'm not giving you what you need at this place anymore for the way that I've changed and the way that you've changed, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And like you can go find a different creator that fits where you're at. And I will hopefully be welcoming in the people who are where I'm at. And we were, we mattered in each other's lives for the time that we needed. But, yes. you know, I think that when you put words to it, when somebody says, like why they're leaving, it can be more jarring. Yeah. But if we try to like embrace it from that, like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just not for them anymore. But there are other people who I am for. And we're yeah. all in that flex. We it's have just, a yeah. We Go have ahead. a saying at Coffee and Crumbs, like we cannot be all things to all people, yeah. but we can be a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. And that's such a good, I mean, that's a good word I come back to often, but yeah, it's still, it, it jarring is the perfect word. And I feel yeah. like anytime you get an email or a comment that just kind of, yeah, spells out a specific type of criticism, it's, it is jarring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. And you have to decide like how much of that you want to expose mm -hmm. yourself to. Yeah. And even sometimes when you go in search of the good comments, you you stumble <laughs> on the other ones. And you're like, oh, keeping me humble. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, I would love to move into the wrap up portion of our podcast. We hardly even hit hit on the book, but you guys, it's That's all about okay. creativity. <laughs> and hopefully this conversation has given you like a really good glimpse of just how wonderful Ashley is. And I think that mm. you're going to love the book. So go check out Create Anyway, and we'll have it in the show notes. But Ashley, what does a typical day look like for you right now in the season you're in? Oh, gosh. Well, I do get up at the crack of dawn. So yeah, right impressive. now I get up at 5 a.m. and I have one of those ice rollers that I keep mm -hmm. in the freezer. So yeah. I pretty much wake up with just a hot cup of coffee and rubbing ice all over my face. <laughs> and I usually read in bed for about 30 minutes and then move over to my desk and I write until my kids are all in my business. And then at that point I stop. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I usually take the kids to school. I have, I don't know, depending on the day, hit or miss. My daughter goes to preschool two mornings a week. I have a little bit of childcare on the off days. And so just depending on where everyone is going, I'm typically like schlepping some form of children somewhere mm -hmm. throughout the morning working. And then typically all of the kids are home by a little after three. And then usually from three to five is kind of like everyone kind of do their own thing time in the house. So mm -hmm. my kids aren't currently in a lot of extracurriculars. My boys play basketball. My daughter does dance one morning a week. Um, but typically our afternoons are just free and open space and open time. And so everyone just kind of hangs out at home. My husband does work from home. So he's around kind of all the time. And then typically by five-ish, we like to shut things down and have dinner, sometimes as a family at the table, sometimes just in front of the TV, depending yeah. on the day just keeping it real. Yes, and thank you. Uh, yes, no problem. And then, yeah, we usually do kind of some form of like family reading time in the living room after dinner and try to get, I don't know, my daughter down to bed by eight o'clock ish. And then the boys typically stay up a little bit later than that. I, nice. It sounds like a very boring day, but that's like, that's my day. Typically. Yeah, it, that is real life. That's what we're looking for. That's real life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what is one little way that you live well anyway? Just some little pleasure or way that you take care of yourself in the midst of life's chaos? Hmm. Um, okay. I'm just going with the first thing that popped into my head. Sounds so good. this sounds really stupid, but I love getting ready for bed 
at like 5 p.m. Nice. So this is just, I don't, it's kind of how I transition into nighttime Ashley. And yeah. I, like I will wash my face and do my full skincare a lot of nights at five o'clock. And I'm like in my pajamas, ready to go to bed at five o'clock. I don't go to bed at five o'clock, yeah. but I just like to prepare myself physically yeah. to go to bed. Is that weird? I don't know. No, <laughs> like as soon as I feel like it's relatively socially acceptable for me to yeah. change into sweatpants and yes. just like fully embrace that. And so many women tell me like, oh, I always, I feel too tired to do my skincare before I get to bed. And I'm a big advocate for a skincare routine. So I'm always yes. like, do it earlier. Yes. Don't do it right before you go to bed. <laughs> Move it up. I so feel that I am so dedicated to my skincare routine. Yep. And I also am like really tired at the end of the day. So I think part yeah. of it is, yeah, genuinely, I'm trying to do it when I actually have energy and make sure I don't skip any of my steps. And yep. Amen. I don't know, it just helps me like relax and kind of transition into the second part of the day. I feel I like when you it. work from home, you kind of need, yes. I don't know, I sort of like need yes. a transition time where, okay, I'm not working anymore. Now I'm just like, home. I'm mom. I'm just mm -hmm. doing what needs to be done around the house. And I find that that helps me just relax. Yeah. It helps to give you like an actual physical cue that, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're done. You can, it's okay yeah. to yeah. shift gears. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions? Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't be scared. All okay. right. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Oh, candles a thousand times over. Okay. Sorry. I'm very passionate about that, apparently. <laughs> well, you have some candles in your book, too. I, so. I love candles. Yes. yes. Candles, candles. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Ooh. Um, I know this is not environmentally correct, but I'm going to say paper. <laughs> Amen. Okay. I like it. You don't know how many times I have people come on and they like, they're trying to give the right answer. So they're like, well, I really love the idea of cloth napkins. Yes. Yeah. I believe in protecting honest, the, Yeah. Yeah. I believe yeah. in protecting the earth, but we do use paper napkins. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> city or country? Oh. I mean, I live in the city, but I I would love to live in the country. I, country is my my answer. Okay. Paper or digital? Ooh, paper. Yeah, I kind of figured, especially with like how your photography has changed. It's got to, it's got to be. Right? I still read like real books. I do not read on a Kindle or anything. And I actually, when I'm writing, I love to print my essays and edit on paper. I, you talk about that in the book yeah. and I was like dumbfounded. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. amazed. Paper. Yeah. I'm, I'm a grandma paper all the way. All right. They, that could contribute to this next answer. I don't know, but shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? Ooh, that is actually online. Okay. Didn't follow the trend. I know. My personality is all over the place. It's really coming okay. through in this interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you mm -hmm. listen to a podcast or music? Ooh, music. Okay. And what would be the music that you would turn to? Gosh, just about. I have kind of eclectic taste okay. when it comes to music. Uh, yeah, I love kind of like weird indie bands no one's ever heard of. That's okay. kind of my genre of, of choice. Okay. Chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. All right. Sports or no sports? <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyone who is listening to this, who actually knows me just like burst out laughing at this question. <laughs> I'm going to have to say no sports. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> uh, don't be sorry to me. It's I'm no sports either. No, it's like <laughs> literally just an ongoing joke about how much I don't know about sports, don't care yeah. about sports, don't watch sports. Yeah. Um, much to the disappointment of my husband, who is a sports fanatic. So yeah, that no, whole marry, I... marry your opposite thing seems to work for us. Yeah. I totally get it. And I I basically only partake of sports when my children are involved and they there are on the court yes. and I need to pay attention. Yes. yes. Cheer mom. I'm a cheer mom yes. for my kids too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Ooh, watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? <gasps> oh my gosh. Um, My mind just went blank. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm good. I don't know that this is actually my favorite movie, but I do <laughs> like this movie. Um, okay, no, wait. I'm gonna say Silver Linings Playbook. Okay. That is one of my favorite movies. Okay, my runner-up is Devil Wears Prada. Okay. I just I just love the Devil yeah. Wears Prada. So basic, but 
Yes. It's really good. But it's fun. <laughs> and it's Meryl Streep. So I mean, come on. You can't yeah. go wrong with her. Yeah. Okay. And last question. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven <laughs> and dreadlocks in your hair. Oh, my gosh. Where are you on the spectrum? Oh, that just painted a real picture for me. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I'm going to say I'm like a solid 2.5. Okay. Am I still allowed to be here? Yes. <laughs> Yes, you are. Okay, thank you. We've had people score much lower. Oh, good. You know that makes me feel better. Actually, I would say I appreciate your honesty because the most common answer I get is five or six. Because really? everybody, no matter how crunchy or not crunchy they actually are, thinks mm -hmm. they're somewhere in the middle. Okay. So I think that your honest answer is actually, I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's straight up honest. Yeah, yeah. 2.5, I would say it's probably the highest I would give myself. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was an absolute delight to have you. Thank you so much. I laughed a lot, hopefully not too much on this interview, but no. I really enjoyed chatting with you today. It's been a blast. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining me for another week of Live Well Anyway. I so appreciate each and every one of you who come back week after week after week. It really means a lot around here. If you would like the show notes for any of these episodes that I have, you can go to mackenziecoppa.com and click on podcast. You can also swipe up in whatever app you are listening to the show on and get the notes for that episode. If you want some other ways that you can be supporting the show as well, we would love for you to join us over in Patreon at patreon.com slash live well together. It's a great community over there. We have two main levels that are only $5 and $8 where you're going to get all kinds of content, including weekly live videos with me, a monthly book club, mini casts, and much more. Another great way to support the podcast that isn't going to cost you a dime is to leave a rating and review in either iTunes or Spotify. This lets those apps know that people are listening to the show and helps encourage them to share the show out to other new people, which is always helpful to growing a podcast. So thank you so much for those of you who do that. All right. I think that's it for this week. We'll be back again next week. But until then, go be bold and gracious. <laughs>